the New Testament start in Matthew chapter number one? If not, when did it start? Are we in the New Testament right now? Hi everyone, my name is Francis Simeon and you are listening to the Pauline Fellowship Bible Study, which is also being broadcast and recorded in our Workmen Unashamed podcast, which you can download anywhere you get your podcast from. Today, I'm so excited. We have a very special guest speaker. He is known to me as Pop, my father, who is very instrumental to me in learning right division. Known to some of you as Tito or Kuya, brother or Sir Ray, he will talk about when the New Testament really begins. This is very important because as saved people in our time, in our dispensation right now, who rely on the Bible, we need to know where we place ourselves, who our speaker is, and what our gospel is, and where we get our orders from. Let's listen as Captain Ray Simeon brings us the message. Okay, good evening. My name is Ray Reynaldo Simeon. And uh, time now is 6.54 p.m. at night, March 3, in Los Angeles, California time. My topic for today for our Bible study is this. Are we, it, it's, it, it begins with a question. The question is, are we already now living in the New Testament times? This is all about the Bible. So for information, we're only using the King James Bible. Not King James Version, but Bible. Because for us, we King James believers only believe one Bible. It's only King James Bible. The others are just versions. That's why we do not believe also that King J.B., sometimes called KJV, is not a version. It's a Bible. So with that as uh, introduction... Again, are we already now living in the New Testament times? Okay, slowly we will answer this as we go on. We'll start with the normal divisions of the Bible. As it had been known for centuries that the Bible is divided into two parts. First, the Old Testament, or the OT, and the New Testament, or the NT. It goes to show that the OT is from Genesis 1-1 to Malachi 4, verse 6. While the New Testament is from Matthew 1-1 until Revelation 22-21. The last verse of the Bible. The division is in, indicated by a blank page in between them. We have been told that the New Testament started from the time when Jesus physically came into the scene of the Bible and, the, and all things before that belongs to the Old Testament. Pretty simple to understand. So, the natural answer to the question posted above, which is again, are we already now living in the New Testament times? The answer is, of course, yes, an astounding yes, of course. But, basing from the scriptures, is this really so? We'll see. 
Let us examine using the scriptures for that is what our Apostle Paul wants us to do. Uh, let's open our Bibles to Romans chapter 4, verse 3. Okay. So, so who, who, the first one to find that out, to see that. Romans 4, chapter 3. Yes, go ahead now. Romans 4, 3. For what saith the scripture? Abraham believed God, and it was counted unto him for righteousness. Okay, so what we need there is only for the first phrase. For what saith the scripture? So the examine, Paul always wants to examine. If there's always there's a question or a controversy, God will also say, okay, let's check. At the scripture what did he say another one galatians 4 verse 30. 4 verse 30. Uh, galatians 4 30. nevertheless what Okay, thank you. So, again, nevertheless, what saith the scripture? So, Romans, the book of Romans and Galatians were all uh, written through Paul by the Holy Ghost. So, there were, of these two examples, passages, Paul was asked, and this was the answer of Paul. What saith the scripture? So, when questions were raised by, Jews, by the Jews to Paul, he always resorted to consulting the scriptures. He quotes from the Old Testament books, not just to rely on what he heard from others to verify the truthfulness of the subject matter. Let us check. According to Hebrews chapter 9, verse 15 to 20. So we'll go there. Let's open our Bibles, please. King James. So Misa will start line Hebrews 9:15, then 20:16 Mom, then go then Francis next, and that's rotation. 9:15. For were a testamentary, there must also be, there must also of necessity be the death of the testator. Seventeen for a testament is the force after men are dead, otherwise it is of no strength at all without testament. Back to my sir. Water and of goats, with water and 
scarlet wool and he stopped and he sprinkled what the book and all the people. Verse 20, the same is the blood of the testament which God hath Okay, thank you for that. So in Hebrews 9.15, we'll start there. And for this cause, he is the mediator of the New Testament. To understand the Bible, this is one of the rules in uh, understanding the Bible. Whenever there is a pronoun uh, stated here in the Bible, we should, we should know who, is, who does that represent. Because most of us, even me, huh, when I was still young, uh, new to Bible reading, just derecho and derecho, that's Spanish. And we don't, we don't even knowing who is that speaker, who is the, who is the object of that, uh, of that speaker. So for this cause, back to Hebrews 9.15, and for, for this cause, he, who is he? That's Jesus Christ. He is the mediator, mediator of the New Testament. And there mentioned that by the means of death, for the redemption of the transgression that were under the first testament. Let's jump to verse 16. For where a testament is, there must also be necessity, be the, uh, necessity by the death of the estate. So, to continue, the above stated that in order for the testament to be enforced, there must be a, a necessity of death. Again, of death of the testator. Without shedding of the blood of the testator, the New Testament could not be enforced. The testator in this book is, as I mentioned, Jesus Christ. It simply means that all that are written in the Bible before before the death of Jesus Christ, all belongs to the Old Testament. While all the contents of the Bible after the death of Jesus Christ do belong to the New Testament. Therefore, the belief that the New Testament, Testament begins from the time when Jesus physically came into the scene of the Bible and that all the things happening before that belongs to the Old Testament is questionable or even I would this time incorrect basing from the above applying the above statements the verses of four gospels gospel books where Jesus gave his last breath where it says gave up the ghost he did not say die or dead Jesus did not, did not die but gave up the ghost was the last verses of the Old Testament. And while the next verses succeeding to that starts the New Testament. New Testament. Then, these are the divisions of the Bible. We'll, we'll check one by one from Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. So let's start from Isaiah again. From the Old Testament, the last verse where Jesus died was in Matthew 25 verse 50. Yeah. Matthew 27, verse 50. 
So that means that was the the last verse of the Old Testament, according to that belief that I discussed a while ago. Then the next verse, succeeding to that, which is Matthew twenty-seven fifty-one, starts the New Testament. So read it, please. Matthew twenty-seven fifty-one. Ling, So, with that understanding, that's the first verse of the New Testament. Now, let's go to the book of Mark. Mom, let's go there. Mark 15, verse 37. The Old Testament last verse. 15, verse 37. And Jesus cried with a loud voice and gave up the book. Okay, so that is the Old Testament last verse. Then the succeeding is the New Testament, which is yours again, Mom. And the veil of the temple was rent in twain from the top to the bottom. Okay, so now let's go to the book of Luke. Luke 23, verse 46 for Francis. Jesus had cried with a loud voice and said, Father, and having said thus, okay, that's the last testament verse. Then now comes the first uh, New Testament verse 47. 47. Now, when the centurion saw what was done, he glorified God, saying, Certainly, this. Okay, now let's go to the book of John. John 19, verse 30. Goes to back to me. 19, 30. Mm -hmm. When Jesus therefore had received the vinegar, he said, It is finished. He bowed it. Okay, that's the Old Testament last verse. Now the first of the New Testament verse. Next succeeding. Yes, again. The Jews therefore, because it was the preparation that the body should be removed on the Sabbath day, for the Sabbath day was in hiding. The Sabbath and their legs might be broken, that their legs might be broken, and that they may so as you can see now, if we verse this, uh, rely on this kind of understanding of the Bible uh, division, the Old Testament lasted, or it has four last verses. And the New Testament also started with four New Testament verses. It's a different one compared to the uh, general understanding that the Old Testament ended with Malachi uh, 4.6 4, and then the New Testament started from Matthew 1.1 1, 1. and what is in between them? The blank page. 
So you have, I hope you have already seen the difference between the two understanding. So whatever division is applied, bo both divisions indicate that we are now living in the New Testament age. Seems more likely, but what if we further investigate the scriptures? Okay. Here it is. According to Jeremiah 31, verse 31. Mom, it's not for you. According to Jeremiah 31, 31. This is Jeremiah. This belongs to we call it Old Testament, and this is a prophecy about God will make a new covenant. So, since God has already mentioned that He will make a new covenant, that means the old was already there; it was already working. And do take note that. Uh, God said, I, that's God the Father, will make a new covenant with whom? With the house of Israel and with the house of Judah. So, if we have, you know the difference between the two. The house of Israel is the northern part of, of the divided Israel. And the house of Judah is the southern part of the divided Israel. This happened after the... The kingship of King Solomon when it was divided. So we, so it was. Is we have now mentioned about covenant and testament. So what's the difference between a covenant and a testament? Because when I research this in wherever, this seems always oh covenant just the same with testament. Or testament has no difference to covenant. Now we will see. I have here testament. It is actually an agreement between two or more people. So in this case, in the Bible, what the the testament is an agreement between God and the nation of Israel. Uh, God. Uh, it is between God and Israel as to how God would deal with his chosen people Israel but only effective when the testator is dead so this is a one-way affair it is just a, seems like a will by the testator a one-way one-way deal which is common to us now which is a deal which it will only be our grandfather, grandmother, grand-grand parents. When they die, before they die, they always give us or give before their death a will. And that will will not be effective unless they die, the, the, the day of the death. We have experienced that with our, with our mother-in-law. And yeah, we can fully understand this. Now, the Old Testament is about the law 
and Israel's redemption through the shed blood of the calves and goats. We can read this one. We don't have to go there because it's long. Hebrews 9, 12, 19. But the blood of animals with which were used during their time by the Israelites cannot actually take away sins. This is in Hebrews 10, 4 and 11. Because in Romans 4 to 7, please, Francis, have this. Chapter 4, verse 7. Romans 4, 7, saying, Blessed are they whose iniquities are forgiven, and whose sins are covered. So thank you. So during the time of the Israelites, during the old, even the New Testaments, when, when Israelites sinned, they always offered some animal uh, offerings as a payment for their sins. The question is, were they? At that time, were their sins were forgiven? Not according to this verse. Blessed are they whose iniquities are forgiven, that's Israel, and whose sins are covered. Their sins was just covered. It's not really forgiven. And when will this be forgiven? Right after when Jesus was already dead, the time at the cross. Now the New Testament, New Testament is about Christ's death and Israel's redemption through his shed blood, Hebrews 9, 11 to 12. So the difference between the Old and New Testament is the Old Testament, once again, about the law and Israel's redemption. The New Testament about Christ's death and Israel's redemption. What about the covenant? Covenant is an agreement or a contract between two groups. In this case, it was, it was an agreement between God and Israel, Israel for Israel to obey his voice. Then God would use them to bless the world and are established when both are still alive. So this case is a two-way deal. Uh, what's the difference? A while ago, Testament is only effective one when one with that the state or die but here even if that the state or still alive covenant is already alive already effective so the old testament the law is about the law of moses uh i'll just shortcut shortcut short this cut a uh, shortcut on this do this god said always to israelites do these commandments statutes and judgments and you shall live in the new uh, testament is the law of messiah then i will put my god said then i will put my spirit to you and cause you to do it ezekiel 11 19 we'll not open there anymore because we don't have time for that so the covenant always associates with testament when the word testament is used in the Bible, it most often speaks of a covenant, as in the covenant God made with Israel at Mount Sinai when he established them as his own people and gave them his laws, which is the Mosaic law. Exodus 19, verse 3 to 6, 20, verses 1 to 17. Okay, then... Let's discuss about 
also about the Old Covenant. The easiest place to start is with the Old Covenant, or the Law of Moses. This law was intended to be a blessing to the world through Israel's separation and, this, and I would say, obedience. The law was declared to be their own righteousness, meaning the law was declared to be the righteousness of Israel, not the righteousness of Jesus Christ. Again, the law was declared to be the righteousness if, conditional, if Israel performed all that God instructed. It would also be a curse if they disobeyed. And it was this latter lesson that Israel would learn. They could not keep the law and required a multitude of sacrifices to cover their sin. So the law always contends with blessings at the same time curses. Israel as a channel of God's blessing was not done away by their failure to keep the law. God had made promises to the fathers of Israel to make Israel the nation through which the world would be blessed. However, in spite of Israel's continued failures to do all the part or their part in the covenant with God, the promises of God cannot be revoked, revoked because God knows that Israel cannot fulfill them by their own power uh, who are they uh, well, the pronouns the, the pronoun pronouns here and who does it represents again follow with me and I that's God the Father will put my still God the Father spirit with you you is a singular or plural it's a plural so who, who, who represents you here? here? Israel. And cause you, still Israel, to walk in my, that's God the Father's statutes, and ye, subjective pronouns, that's still Israel, ye shall keep my judgments and do them. So, uh, down below, I will state some of the verses we will not, which we will not read anymore because of lack of time. For those other listeners who are interested to check this verse, you can read it on your own. I'll just mention the verse. Okay? The description given by Ezekiel, as we have just read, also mentions how God will, which are three here, first gather them. Israel from all countries. Verse 36, chapter 36, verse 24. The next one is, allow them, Israel, to dwell in the promised land. Chapter 36, verse 28. The, the third one is, multiply the fruit of the tree. Verse 30, uh, chapter 36, verse 30. The new covenant was made better for Israel in that God would perform all that they could not do on their own. He would be the better priest who would give the Holy Ghost or the Spirit to cause them to keep the law. And he would send Christ, Jesus Christ, to establish the kingdom. 
the new covenant is merely the Old Testament blessing, the promises made to the fathers, made possible through the provision of God. John 1.17. You can list that again. So what are the similarities between the two, two covenants, between the old and the new? Both the old covenant and the new covenant include the law, priest, a kingdom, and sacrifices for sins. Four, again, huh? It, there must be only the law. What's the law? The law of Moses. The functions of the priest, again, will come back. A kingdom will be established. The three, third, and again, the sacrifice, animal sacrifices for sin. Both the old and new covenants are made with the house of what again? Israel and Judah. Both were intended to provide the blessing of the world through Israel. Now comes the difference between the two covenants. In the old covenant, Israel did always disobey and break their agreement by committing idolatry. While in the new covenant, in order for Israel not to commit the same mistakes, God has a plan. God will already put his own law in their inward parts and write it in their hearts so he will be their God and they shall be his people. We can we have not read that yet, no but okay, we'll read that as we go along. Whereas the old covenant emphasized man's performance, is Israel's performance, their own work, their own righteousness. The new covenant was God performing for Israel what they could not do. The old test the, the old covenant failed to fulfill the promises, but the new would not fail. Hebrews eight verses seven to ten. We don't have to go there anymore. Just write it down if you'd like. The Old Testament is obsolete. Hebrews eight. 13, but the new covenant is incomplete and eternal. Hebrews 9, 15 and 13, 20. Is complete. The new covenant is complete and eternal. The new covenant has a perfect priest, which is, of course, you can guess that, Jesus Christ. Hebrews 7, 24 to 25 and 27. And a perfect sacrifice, not anymore an animal, animal sacrifice, it is the, guess what? The body and blood of Jesus Christ. Hebrews 9:11 to 14, on Hebrews 10:12, making the new covenant far more superior to the old. Now, what is the distinguishing factor, factor during the imposition of the new covenant? Back to Jeremiah 31, 31. Now it's your turn, Francis. What is the distinguishing factor during the imposition of the new covenant? Jeremiah 31, 31. Uh, behold, Jeremiah 31, 31. Behold, the days come, saith the Lord, I will make a new Up there. So as you can see, 
God will still make a new covenant which has, which has not been done yet because as we go on we can you can you can deduce why not so again it could be established to enforce to Israel house of Israel and house of Judah then the next verse 32 uh, yours Ling. Oh, verse uh, Jeremiah 31 and 32. There's yours, mom, is you can see as uh, we have uh, we have read and listened there's a big difference between the old and new covenant because in the old as we have said the Israelites cannot always follow it they always forget and they violate always always and always day in and day out but during the imposition of the new covenant God will make already something new because it's new he said here God, I will put my law in their inward parts. What does this mean? The law during the old covenant, the law was just spoken by Moses. Let's just example for bravery's sake. The Ten Commandments was spoken by Moses to the house to 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 the, to the nation of Israel, and they they always tend to forget that. But this time, God will show that they will not forget it because God will put, write it in there. I will put my law on their inward parts and write it in their hearts. No more forgetting. Why? Because it's here in my heart. It's part of your body already. The law is part of your, in their body. And what will result? And I will be their God. And they, Israel, shall be my people then as we go on jeremiah 31 verse 34 now for you francis and they shall teach no more every man his neighbor every man his brother saying know the lord for they shall all know me from the least of them unto the greatest of them saith the lord for i will forgive their iniquity and will remember their sins okay as you can see Ah, oh, that uh, they shall teach no more every man his neighbor and every man his brother, saying, "Know the Lord." They don't have to do that already anymore because all the people, include, including the Gentiles, huh? the Gentiles not been here, but the world represents the Gentiles. For they shall all, including the Israel, the Gentiles, know me from the least of them unto the greatest of them, saith the Lord. For I will forgive their iniquity and I will remember their sin no more. 
So during this time, God will have a national forgiveness to Israel. All their sins will be forgiven as, uh, as a blanket. Whole Israel, all Israel. And uh, that's still coming. Now the question, is this happening already? Not yet. Verses 31, 32, 33, 34. It's not happening that the Israelites are teaching the Gentiles. It's not happening. The above all happens when the world is already in the New Testament period. When will that happen? It will happen when the God who establishes kingdom during the start of the millennium. So it goes without saying, but I will say now, that the imposition, the imposition of the new covenant will start at the start of the millennium. When Jesus Christ reigns on earth, we're in Jerusalem. Now the big question comes the big question. Is this already happening in the world? Not of course. The answer is a big no. Not even a bit. Therefore, the old belief that we are now living in the New Testament period is woefully wrong. The wrong belief can either be seen if we rightly divide the scriptures or the Bible. So further, a study more. Now, let me explain to you here in summary. Because, because of Israel's rejection of their Messiah, this is Jesus Christ, by murdering him, by rejecting him, the New Testament should have started right after the death of Jesus Christ, right after the cross. The testator, where blood again was involved, but because of this great love towards Israel, God gave them one year extension of mercy for them to repent and accept their Messiah. This can be seen in, parab in the parable of Luke in verse chapter 13, 6 to 9. Shall we, do you want to go there or not? Nah, not anymore. Uh, we'll, just, we'll just read it. We don't have to explain Okay, Luke chapter 13, verses 6 to 9. Luke 13, 6 to 9. He spake also this parable. A certain man had a fig tree planted in his vineyard, and he came and saw the fruit thereon, and found not. Then said he unto the dresser of his vineyard, Behold, these three years I came seeking fruit on this fig tree. None. Cut it down, why cumber it, it to the ground? Why cumber it, it to the ground? Verse 8, he answered, said, answering said unto him, Lord, let it alone this year also, till I shall dig about it and come back. Verse 9, and if it bear fruit well, and if not, then after that thou shalt cut it down. Okay, thank you. So in that parable, which most people did not understand that, is a certain man and had a fig tree. A certain man, that's of course God, had a fig tree. What's the fig tree represents? That's the nation of Israel. Planted in the vineyard or of that place, counter Israel. And he came. God came and sought fruit thereon and found none. Walang fruit. And he said to the dresser vineyard, Behold, these three years I come seeking fruit of the fig tree. 
uh, on finance. What does the three years represents? That was the three years uh, earthly ministry of Jesus Christ. Even with those three years that Jesus Christ preached to the Jews about him being the Messiah and establish his kingdom, just a handful of those people believe. So the fruit is counted as nothing. That's why God was angry with them, mad at them. And answering said, verse 8, And he answering said unto him, Lord, let it alone this year. Also till I shall dig about it and dung it, and it bear fruit, and if it not, then after that thou shalt cut it down. So God said, somebody said, okay, Lord, can you give us a more, a one year extension? Give us one more year to believe in Jesus Christ that we will repent. And what's that? Be baptized. That's in Acts, Acts 3, 28. For Israel to repent and be baptized, Acts 2 28, then what will happen if they will receive Jesus Christ as their Messiah? Then the answer is in Acts chapter 3. What will God uh, do? <clears throat> Uh, Acts chapter 3, verse 19 to So this was uh, from that from the death of Jesus Christ until that time, Acts chapter three, Acts chapter three until Acts seven actually, that's one year. So that was an Acts chapter three just before the one year ends. Uh, God through Peter told the Israelites to the Jews, okay, if you will repent and be baptized and uh, repent that. The one that you murdered was Jesus Christ, not just a plain carpenter, but actually he was our Messiah. If you'll be able to realize that, then God will send back Jesus Christ. He's now on earth, he's now in, in heaven, sitting in the right hand of God, but he will send back Jesus Christ down to earth and reign as he establishes his kingdom. What is the condition? Repent and accept him. But did they, they repented? No. That's why uh, it did not happen that the coming of their Messiah mentioned in Daniel chapter 9 verses 25-26. You didn't have to go there. All you have just, just list it down. And all other passages scattered around the Old Testament which is about Israel's own Messiah. Israel, I remember I have to point that out. Israel's Messiah. Meaning, to continue, is not we. We are Gentiles. He is not our Messiah. It's only to Israel. But since they didn't accept and, re and uh, 
accepted Jesus Christ back. God was mad at them, thereby setting them aside by dealing momentarily with Gentiles. The plan which was kept secret, secret before the world began, called the mystery. Romans 16, 25, ma'am. 16, verse 25. Now to him that is of power to establish you according to my gospel and the preaching of Jesus Christ according to the revelation of the mystery which was kept secret since the world began. Okay, so thank you for that. So because of the rejection of Jesus Christ by the Jews, instead of continuing from Jesus Christ, continue, go down to tribulation, then millennium God had posed a bit stop it we'll stop this and we will insert a mystery or a secret what is that that God will actually deal directly to the Gentiles because all along if you can read all Bible from Genesis 1 1 Malachi 3 uh, Malachi at the end 4 7 then then again to the, until Revelation 21 ver, uh, 22 verse 21 God was not dealing with a nation of gen, any Gentile sometimes he deal with individual Gentile but not just like Israel he, God deals with the nation uh, so now God is turning back momentarily from Israel and turn now to us this is now our time it's called mystery and even the apostles were wondering what is that oh god we cannot understand why only paul knows it because god secretly appeared to our apostle paul that he had a paul a jesus christ had given him a special circle we call it mission to go to the Gentiles because the Gentiles during the whole time of those dealings with God to Israel the, the Gentiles were left out but actually God has a plan which the Israelites did not see that God will save first the whole nation of Israel and that would happen because God during the time the establishment of the kingdom where God will have a national forgiveness with Israel so God will have uh, for, uh, forgive the sins of Israel and God during the time, God will give them the Holy Ghost or the Spirit of God to preach to all the world for the salvation of the Gentiles. That's where, that's where the uh, Matthew 28 verses 19 to 20 will apply. Can we go there, Francis, please? You think that Matthew 28, 19 at verse 20 that is for our time I'm sorry to say no that is for the future use So there it is. Many people think, many religions teach that that is the great 
commission. No, sorry to say, it's not our great commission. It's a great commission to whom? To Israelites. The applicability, applicability is not yet happening. It will happen on the millennium. Where the Israelites will go around all. That's when nations, plural. That's Gentiles. So it's not that God left out the Gentiles. They will go to hell. No, no. God has a plan for us also. But because of that, a rejection by God. God dealt directly now. Okay, I'll go to now for the meantime to go to the Gentiles for their own salvation. And that is for today. So that day is today where we belong and enjoy. The implementation of the New Testament was held in abeyance until God deals back with Israel starting at the seven-year Great Tribulation where God would punish mainly Israel for their continued disobedience and rejection of God in all the ages. After God will finally deal with them mercifully by giving them the what the new covenant during the millennium where the new testament period applies what this should be i should have the, the end of my lesson but it poses me something but what about the old testament we have already established that the covenant or new testament did not begin yet it posed what about the old testament where did it begin okay when did it begin? Let's go back to Hebrews 9:18 to Hebrews 9:18 to 19. Us Hebrews, Hebrews, what did I say? Okay, who's, who's turn? Ling. Yours, ma'am. Hebrews 9.19 For when Moses had spoken every precept to all the people according to the law, he took the blood of calves and of goats with water and scarlet wool and hyssop and sprinkled both the book and all the people. So thank you for that. So here it it goes to show that the testament and the covenant always involves with blood. It was dedicated without blood at 18. And during the Old Testament, Moses, verse 19, had used precept all the people according to the law. He took the what? The blood of calves and of goats with water and scarlet wool and hyssop. And what, what did Moses do? He sprinkled both the, the, blood, the book and all the people with what? Blood. So, why, why, why the people and the blood and, and and the people and the book? Because the people represents Israel, and the book represents God. So he sprinkled the 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 the, the, the book and the people with blood. So it always it, it evolves with blood. Now let's go to the Old Testament itself. Exodus twenty four. 
verse 6 to 8. Start with Francis. 24. Exodus 24, 6 to 8. And Moses took half of the blood and put it in a basin. And half of the blood he sprinkled on the altar. And he took the book of the covenant for seven brethren audience of the people. And he said, All that the Lord had said he will do and do it no more. Verse 8. And Moses took the blood and sprinkled, sprinkled it people and said, Behold the blood of the covenant which the Lord hath made with you concerning all these words. So the, the, the testament, the blood, and the covenant always involved with the blood. So he sprinkled in verse 6, Moses took half of the blood blood, and put it in basins and half of the blood. He sprinkled it on the altar. That's for God. And Verse 8, And Moses took the blood and sprinkled it on the people. The two uh, sides. And behold, the blood of covenant the Lord had made with concerning all these words. So as you can see, the Old Testament did not begin at our own previous belief before that it started what, what again? Genesis 1 verse 1. But according to this verse, it started with the blood and sprinkled with the blood. So when did it start? The Old Testament. In Exodus 24, verses 6. That's the start of the Old Testament. Then when did it end? At the death of the testator, at the death of Jesus Christ. Then, that's the Old Testament. Then next is again is the establishment of the new covenant. Had it started already? Not yet. <coughs> Not yet. Because the post, the God, the Father post it for a period for the salvation, the purpose of salvation of the Gentiles. Okay. So they still have time? Okay. In spite of the above explanations, other people with, with bright minds insist that they still believe that we are now living in the New Testament times. These are the answers we could give it to, give to them. I just cite the verses here, and you just uh, list it down. Romans nine four, who are Israelites, to whom pertaineth the adoption and the glory and what the covenants. So according to Romans chapter 9, verse 4, the covenant should always refer to whom? Israel, not to Gentiles. And the second verse, Ephesians 2, 12, that at that time you were without Christ, aliens from the commonwealth of Israel, Israel, strangers from the covenants of promise. So Gentiles were, were strangers, not included the covenant. And number three, Jeremiah 31, what we have seen and heard and read, the covenant will involve only the nation of Israel. And during that time, Romans 11, 27, the covenant, God will take away their sins and all Israel shall be saved. During that time, as I said a while ago, national forgiveness. Alas, behold, the days come 
Thus saith the Lord that I will make a new covenant with again house of Israel and with house of Judah. So here Hebrews, according to our uh, God's prophetic clock, Hebrews does is not happening yet of this time because it is happening still in the future during the tribulation period. So now the covenant never realized about two statements. During Saul's rebellion in Acts, God's strategy, strategy for implementing the new covenant was halted in order to implement a different strategy for a purpose that had never been previously revealed. This revelation of the mystery dispensed to Paul was information about God's plan for heavenly places and heavenly people. As a result of the new covenant promises have yet, yet to be realized. Paul explains how these promises would be realized after the future fullness of the Gentiles become in Romans 11:25. And so Israel shall be saved, as it's written, there shall come out of Zion the deliverer and shall turn away ungodliness from, uh, from Jacob. Although the new covenant has been confirmed and established as a result of Christ's death, burial, and resurrection, then that results of the covenant with Israel are yet to be realized, yet to be realized. Israel has not assumed the promised kingdom, nor is God's plan for the earth is complete. Instead, what pervades, what pervades is the interim dispensation of reconciliation to all the world. Through Paul, our Apostle Paul, where Christ is offered apart from any covenant or special people status or nationality. Second Corinthians 5.19. That ends my lesson. Thank you. I hope you understand. Good night. You have just listened to the Pauline Fellowship Bible Study at the Workman Unashamed podcast. Thank you again to my father, Captain Ray Simeon, for bringing the message to us today. And thank you, everyone, for tuning in. Special thanks goes out to Richard Irwin, who performed and recorded our music. You will find him at www.richardirwinmusic.com. Don't forget to follow us and like us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. Follow and download our podcast called The Workman Unashamed Podcast on Apple, Spotify, Google, and Amazon, or wherever you get your podcasts. Please feel free to share these audio and video to your friends, workmates, classmates, and family. If you have any questions or Bible study topics you would like us to cover, please send, send us an email at thepaulinefellowship at gmail.com. Again, my name is Francis Simeon, and tune in next time. God bless you.